You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. This is Tony L. Collins, and I'm here with Cheryl, and this is the Legal Connection Show. Uh, that's TLC with TLC, to give you a little TLC. That's and right. um, we are uh, here to serve the public and answer your questions. And today, our show is going to be on uh, juvenile law, juvenile law part two. Uh, last week, we covered uh, quite a bit of information about how the law affects children and what their rights are and as parents and as guardians sort of what your rights are and today we're gonna we're gonna cover a few more topics which we feel are really really important that that you probably don't know about Uh, i certainly didn't until i went to law school um uh, to kind of recap a little bit uh cheryl is a licensed attorney in texas and i am a licensed attorney in texas and we do uh, we are uh, terrifically busy, but we are doing this to help the the, the Conroe uh, area, Montgomery County citizens with a lot of questions that they email us. And today I'm here with Cheryl. And uh, Good morning. Do you feel better Afternoon. since last week? I do, actually. I can breathe and sit in a chair. Yeah, I didn't mean to laugh. But, but you, <laughs> Tony, you did not laugh. We talked about I, I this. I thought I laughed. My, my husband was like, don't laugh when people are injured. <laughs> Like, Last I must week, have, she said, oh, Cheryl's got a broken rib. I must have thought it was funny that, oh, Cheryl broke her rib. Oh, well, it wasn't me. And anyway, we're here with Becky. Hello, Becky. With the blonde hair. She told me not to say that. But, you know, Beyonce, <laughs> it, I don't think it's Beyonce's, you know, competition. But it could be. I don't know. We haven't <laughs> talked to Becky about it yet. Okay. So, anyway, um, Jay-Z, stay away. Yes, um, So, so anyway, um. We are going to ha- we are we are going to cover four topics today on juvenile law. Things that I think are really interesting and important to you. And uh, the first segment is going to be on changing your child's name. And just for a little uh, you know a little sidebar, I uh, when I if you had like me uh, when I I had the perfect name picked out for my daughter and my son, and I was like this, these are the names, and I kind of went through all the gyrations of what their names were going to be. And then when I had her, my mother-in-law was there, and she's like, absolutely not. You are not naming your child that. And then my, my then-husband, who, um, you know, he was sort of partial to his mom, maybe more so than me in hindsight, and that's why I'm well, not together with him. a good thing him. you got rid of that guy. <laughs> yeah. I loved him to death, but, you know, mom was first. Uh-huh. You know, honor your father mm-hmm. and your mother, but there's a spousal thing kind of going on, too, in the Bible, I think. Well, but, and leave and then cleave unto your wife. What about that part? You Thank know? you. You're uh-huh. right. You know these okay. things. I need to kind of defer to you. I wish you had been there at that time. Uh, I would have said it. So, yeah. anyway, um, I, at that, I still had, I, I ended up naming her my kind of third choice. And then I thought after the fact, particularly after we got divorced, I thought, I want to change your name to what I wanted. She's not the name that we named her. Uh, my daughter was very happy with the name that we gave her, though. And But if I had had my way, I would have changed her name to what I thought was more appropriate for her. And um, I will tell you now that her name is Brooke, mm-hmm. but I wanted to name her Scarlett. <laughs> and my brother-in-law was like, that's evil. She's evil. I'm like, no, she's beautiful. Vivian Lee. That's my favorite movie. Uh-huh. Okay, so now our first segment is changing a child's name. The second segment is going to be on removing the disabilities of a child 
And um, any child under 18, any person under 18 is considered a child by law. Mm-hmm. And you have to remove those disabilities for uh, to be able to, to function. And so you're going to go over that. So Cheryl's going to do the first two segments. And then the second two segments are going to be on... Um, uh, let me see. The the one of them is on um, the children's property. Oh, that's right. A uh, children and their property. Uh, what happens if your child gets property? If they're if they're you know become famous and they have a show like Justin Bieber, uh, you as parents or as guardians, you know, have hit the jackpot basically because uh, they won't get they don't have access to it immediately unless you know some legal stuff happens. And then um, the other is going to be uh, children. Uh, and the law, and what happens if your kid gets, uh, what happens when your kid is taken in by the school, or if they're truant, and that's really, really important, because so many parents do not know about this. Okay, so now the the mic is yours, Cheryl. Okay, well, so we're talking about children's name change. Before I just start answering questions, I'm going to ask you, Tony, why is it such a big deal about changing a child's name? I mean, why is that such, I have a client right now, and we're in Travis County in Austin, uh, jurisdiction. She wants to change her son's name. How old is the child? He's five. See, that was when I was going to change my daughter's name. Yeah. Right around the same so, time. But, but is she going through is, a divorce? Uh, well, actually, <laughs> they were never married. She never married her baby's daddy. All the more reason. Well, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so she was being nice and sweet when she had the baby and hoped that, you know, he would be a good dad and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so she gave the child her her the, his father's name mm-hmm. but so now we've got to jump through all these is he a hoops. junior is the child a junior or no something? no See, I, if i was not if somebody you know i would not be naming a child but a junior. why but do you know why we make such a big deal out of changing their name i think it's biblical actually i mean and it's a really horrible thing to say or you know i don't try to not a horrible thing but i don't want to go that direction necessarily but <clears throat> i think that uh when i really got to think about it <clears throat> it's because um because God recognizes you by the name that you're given, okay. which is kind of scary. If you're changing the name, was God going to recognize you? Because okay. remember when okay. Jesus came out of the tomb and he knew Mary by her name immediately, and she knew it was Jesus because he knew her name? Right. I mean, it's a big name he thing. He called her name. It's, and then Jesus was changing the name of Israel, or Jacob to Israel, or, mm-hmm. you know, he's always changing Abraham, names. Right. Abraham, Abraham, yeah, but Abram to Abraham. Uh-huh. Names are really a big deal. Okay. So, so. it's our it's our Judeo-Christian background. Well, yeah, that, and I think in God. You know? But on the other, so your name really should be the name that, that you should have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you identify with it, but like Prince and the symbol, that was a little bit weird. What? Remember Prince, the the music artist? Don't, yeah, no, I know okay. Prince. What he changed he... his name to a symbol that you couldn't pronounce. And he, uh, you don't remember that? No, he's a Cheryl, where, is, where uh, are your rock I and roll roots? Um, well, not with Prince, I can tell you that. Uh, uh, what? what? A Purple Rain and Party oh, at, Like It's 1999? No, or... Oh, I know all that, yeah. Uh, Those are the only two Prince songs I know. <laughs> But, okay, well, talking about Mm -hmm. changing a child's name. Okay, a child's name is legally established by the name that appears on the birth certificate. Mm -hmm. That's their legal name. If the name is misspelled, uh, then it's got to be amended. The birth certificate actually has to be amended, which is interesting. And the only person that can change a child's name is a judge. So that means to amend the birth certificate, you actually have to go to court? Yeah, you've got to file a petition. And ask the judge for name change. And like I said, I've got a client in Travis County right now, and they are fighting. We have been able to agree pretty much on everything. And, the, I mean, about the parents. Uh, well, I actually had to sue the baby daddy for right. all sorts of things, mm-hmm. and they've agreed. So you're talking like a rock star, baby daddy. Uh huh. Well, okay. Jay Z, Becky with the blonde hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to actually sue the baby daddy 
well, on behalf of my client, mm-hmm. my client actually sued them. I did it on her behalf for all sorts of things. And the only thing they're fighting us on, not child support, not uh, life insurance for the guy, not all, is the name change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, dad wants it named after him. He does. They're, guys are kind of, I'll have to ask, uh, you know, our, our station manager uh, of daycare, uh, are you like sensitive about, uh, are you like sort of have no humility about your name? In other words, if you had a child, would you want them to have your name or would you not have a problem with it? Well, I'm the fourth oh. Richard. So, oh, that's so true. I noticed that the other day. So, uh, so you would have no, it's you, a big it deal. would be a big deal if you had a kid and, and, and you had a, if you had a baby with, uh, let's say your significant other and they named the baby the fifth. Okay. But then your that significant other was like, oh, number five, this is like King Henry VIII. No, I can't deal with this. Please, we just need a name change. Would you be okay with that? Well, I think if we're already to that disagreement, we're probably not together anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, what I've learned being in a relationship with a, with a lady is you just you just let them have some things. Happy wife, happy uh, wife. Yeah. Yes, so, you are a smart man. You're going to go far I, in life. I, well, the way I see it, this too. This is why we love him. He's is, awesome. I can always call him by the name that I want to call him. Yeah. And then she can call him by another name. So maybe you need to have a word with the opposing side with her case. But, yes, you're. I think you're exactly so, right. I mean, it's all about what's on the birth certificate. But then again, that's... That's insignificant because that, that that does like, and I hate to say this, this is what you would call him, but you know, like what do they saw um, Bubba? Bubba seems to be a pretty prevalent thing that's not on birth certificates, but in Texas, everyone's Bubba. Yeah, no, we have my sister uses Bubba for one of a. Uh, oh no, is, is the baby's name Bubba? No, okay. no, that's there just what that's just what she chose okay. to nickname him as. Uh, uh, good, uh, uh, a little insight, Bubba, uh, but that's sweet. Bubba. I like the the whole thing about happy wife, happy life, or that that sort of uh, that going that direction that roadmap is a good way to live your life will be long and happy as they say in fortune cookies mm-hmm. okay happy life happy happy, happy wife, wife happy, happy life. life and now my third husband got that good <laughs> good for him uh, you're very fortunate jim we're 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 rooting for you that's great okay so only a judge can change a child's name mm-hmm. it, it, isn't that interesting yeah. only and you know like what dick just said i mean we can agree to nicknames and all of that mm-hmm. but only a judge can change a child's name um the uh petition so you've got to file a petition with the court and it has to contain um the present name and address of the child the request that the child's name be changed the full name given to the child, the reason for requesting the name, and the standard of the burden of proof is a child's best interest. Mm-hmm. You've got to prove that it's in the child's best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that a child under 12 does not have to consent to having their name changed? So 11 years and 11 months, mm-hmm. and mom wants to name you Blue Moon. Engelbert Eckerdink. <laughs> Ishkabibble. <laughs> well, the mom, I think at that point, probably even the judge would be like, we need to have a mental examination. <laughs> well, do you know, this is just kind of FYI. In, in some countries, certain names are illegal. Like in Sweden, I remember studying this a couple of years ago. In Sweden, people thought they were going to be funny, and they named their kids things like a Zipper or yeah. Out for the Day or just random silly names in sweden yeah that's because so, they're smoking the weed over yeah, there or whatever right, they're, right. They're and so the going. government made uh them have to approve the name uh-huh. through the the 
Really? The state. Wow. The nation. Talk about government intervention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't want their kids named things like uh, Danger Zone or... Uh, I think I think it actually <laughs> don't be giving our listeners any ideas. I know it actually <laughs> arose zone, from zone Death Smith. Metallica or something. They just thought they were being funny. They named the, they were started naming their kids these random, yeah. ridiculous names, and so now their names have to be approved through some name approval board. You know, in some cases, I'm thinking that that may not be a bad idea to have government intervention because just like with ice skating, there should be an IQ test. I think before people get on there and try some crazy things because they'll kill themselves mm-hmm. some people may need you know before they have kids to have like a little test mm-hmm. because because tony's an ice skater <laughs> yes i was big time ice we're not skater. involving becky in this becky, know, do you have any what kids do you think about names yes she i does. do have kids and did you name kids. them danger zone bubba smith no no okay. but, but but yeah <laughs> but um I'm, i have a sister-in-law and um, she's German. And we just had this conversation just the other day about really? about how, yeah, she said in Germany, you have to have your name, the name of your child approved. They in don't Germany allow that. too, see? So right. she's backing. Uh-huh. This Nazis. is why I brought Becky today. Mm-hmm. She's going to back up the random things I had. <laughs> really? Yeah. In yeah. Germany too, huh? Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. people name their, well, they think they're being funny. Yeah. And they name some. I can't remember. I really think it was like Zipper, the name Zipper. Oh, isn't that funny? So anyway, the judge has to, so how long does it take? Is it just like a regular petition? That it's you, a regular petition. Mm-hmm. It can take, you know, three to six months. Well, depending. I know what I've done name changes for adults. It's $150. So it's not real, real expensive. And you can pretty much do it on your own a lot of times without an attorney. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, see, this case that I have over in Travis County, it was a several different causes of action so. okay and yet they usually do include them within a petition if it's for adoption or... exactly that's so, right it's yeah. uh, you can change it when the child is being adopted or but that being said you know what adults can change their name the same way but not for fraud a lot of people try to change their name for fraud and i have yeah. another guy that did that for a fraud you know like they're trying they've done a lot of bad things and they try to go change their name so they won't be found uh that is a background check for adults so you're not going to get to do that Really? So, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. They're so putting background checks. They can't just change their name, right? Mm-hmm. That's good to know. And you don't have to change a child's name when they're adopted. It's that you don't have to, but you can. And that's most commonly mm-hmm. the time that the child's name is changed. So uh, the legal effect of changing a child's name is that a new birth certificate is ordered mm-hmm. and um, or is issued. Mm-hmm. And um, does the first one just is it expunged or what happens to the first one? Uh, well, I guess the the uh, the new one just it takes priority. I know that when I've looked for people before, when I think there's like my, there might be fraud involved, I can find adult name changes in the civil court records uh, in the county where the name was changed. Uh, I doubt you could find that for a kid though, because juvenile records are sealed. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, Okay. Well, I think that uh, we are ready to take our break, and okay. so on our next segment, we'll go over. Um, what, are, what is your next segment going to go over? Uh, removing disabilities. Okay, so you're listening to Legal Connection. We're on the air between 12 and 1 each Tuesday. And uh, we'll see you in a little bit on uh, legal disabilities. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1.
Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl and our special guest, Becky. Is Becky, not with the blonde <laughs> hair. Uh, is She's here today helping us out. Thank you, Becky. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah. We want you to know that you can uh, look us up on www.legalconnectionshow.com and you can contact us at legalconnectionshow.com forward slash contact or email us with questions at legalconnectionshow.com. So we're here today talking about uh, juvenile law. Tony was talking about this last week, and so we've made this a two-part series, and we were talking about child's name change. And to me, I don't know. I don't. It's just interesting that it's such a big deal. I think that's neat. And I think you're absolutely— What's in a name, as Shakespeare said? Right. A lot. Well, and, <laughs> and it's like Scripture says, you know, that the name of the Father is the glory of the child, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's interesting. I have oh, not no, thought that. No, that just supports that. the case where the guy has junior and they're getting. But it supports also what you said, that it goes back to biblical roots mm-hmm. of why we take it so mm-hmm. seriously. And then Dick is, you know, he's the fourth generation mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. of Richard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to us. What's in a name, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, so now we're going to go on and talk about disabilities and removing disabilities of minority. That's sort of like a a convoluted um, phrase. Becky, what do you think that means, removing disabilities of a minor? Well, because I'm from an education background, I think of we have IEPs where each child has a disability of some sort, and when they reach 18, maybe they need to get rid of it Yeah. to go into their adult life. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, that's close. (laughs) Disabilities, disabilities of a minor, uh, you know, we were talking about this over the break, is that uh, you can't, uh, really own property, you can't enter into a contract. Really. No, you cannot. Yeah. If you are not an adult, you cannot enter a contract. You can't go into the hospital for surgery. You can't. Um, uh, you can't file a petition. You you are not a person in the eyes of the law. You're not an entity as a minor. You have a disability. Your disability is you're too young. However, we're going to go over, and you're going to help us with um, how to remove that disability or what the exceptions are to that, because we all know there are exceptions. Mm -hmm. So you're saying every minor has a disability? Every, uh, every, at least in in the the state of of Texas, Uh anybody under 18 and under, not 18, but under 18 is considered a minor and has a disability and is prevented from doing a lot of things like collecting their own profits uh, for their business. And many, many people under 18 have their own businesses, but... Uh, we're going to learn today about how to make it so that you do not, you no longer have the disability of being a minor. Right. Um, so disabilities of minority, oh, you just said some of them. Uh, one thing you didn't mention is right to earnings. As a minor, you don't even have a right to your earnings. Your right. parents have a right. Isn't it great being a earnings. parent of a talented kid? No kidding. <laughs> and I think that's why we see those parental suits. Like I know Leanne Rhymes, I think she sued her. Yeah, the, uh, Selena Gomez. I mean, I'm, right. I'm, not, I'm not suing the parents, but I'm just saying these are very, very talented 
uh, they had stage mothers like, oh, I just read that. Um, who is the girl that was Selena Gomez's like sidekick? Um, and she's got Levita, Demi Levito. Davido, Davido, Lovato. Davido. Davido. Right. <laughs> Levito, Lovato. <laughs> At least I've heard that name. Yeah, her mother was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, like Tony. Tony was a Houston Oilers I cheerleader. I was. Well, I wish that I was like a Dallas Cowboy <laughs> cheerleader. We kind of jiggled. We didn't actually. We didn't have the same. Uh, and being know. from Dallas, I have you know. to say I am partial. They are beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're and so but we, we, you know, we were cute and we did our thing. Tony and was gorgeous. Our and outfits still is. were amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved oh, yeah. our outfits. Of course, uh-huh. they did change them later, so they like skating outfits, which is still kind of partial to that. But anyway, so um, Demi Levito's mom was Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, mm-hmm. and um, and the only reason I knew that was because she was on Good Morning America recently talking about a book she wrote about eating disorders, which was kind of weird at her age because she's like our age, but um. Uh, anyway, she got her kids into, uh, you know, automatically was getting it like like a stage mom. She immediately was like putting them in commercials. And her, Demi Levito's younger sister is on um, another show. I mean, she got all her kids doing something. And so she collects their proceeds as the parent. So somebody collects it, but Demi Levito doesn't get it. But that's when they get older or if, a, if someone dies, if a parent dies and there's, there's Social Security and what have you, there is a guardian that gets that money. And that's the same with child support. The child support goes to the parent and it should be used for the child, but it goes to the the person that's controlling it. And that's why you have all these divorce cases where the guy or the woman, whoever's getting the child support, doesn't want to give it up because they don't think it's being used for the child. They think that they're just, you know, they're getting like the little spousal support, which they're happy about. But yeah, so that's, that's, um, that's part of the, the deal. Wow. That is so interesting. Well, you know, so, um, your disabilities, uh, so a child can petition for their disabilities to be removed, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think that you said that's what Liam Rimes probably did. Yeah, right? I think mm-hmm. she did. She sued, I remember her suing her father. I think he was squandering her of course. proceeds or whatever. He's thinking, but for me, you would not be. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's so funny. I've never actually really thought about it like that. You know, that, mm-hmm. that the children, I guess, they're treated like their parents' property in mm-hmm. a way that they can... They, that the parents have a right to anything the child earns, and they can spend it on whatever they want. Well, to some extent, um, you would. That's sort of true because the parents have given them the, you know, the uh, the education, the guidance. You know, they have they've sort of like raised them. But on the other hand, it's the, it. Of course, they're an individual. They're the ones with the, you know, what, what it takes the the soul and the the perseverance. The person that's actually doing it. But, um, but yeah, a lot of parents do think that. I do recall my dad actually telling me that, uh, I had you if it weren't for me. And I remember thinking, oh, my dad is so right. If it weren't for him, honor your father and your mother. That's so true. That mm-hmm. if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here to be able to produce. So I do owe them, but not everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they should be fair. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how does someone go about having their disabilities removed? They have to file a petition with the court. Right. Can that child file a petition with the court? I would think not. uh, Well, to file in Texas, you have to be a resident of Mm -hmm. Texas. And um, you have to be either 16 or 17 years old. You cannot be 14, 13. You can't be anything under 16. Okay. And at 18, of course, you wouldn't even need to do it. Mm -hmm. But um, so you see, I was thinking when you were 16 or 17, you'd still need a guardian or an ad litem to petition for you yeah no not according Hmm. to the law yeah you can be you can you can do it when you're 16 but not younger than obviously i have not done a petition for emancipation of a 16 or 17 year old yeah 
because typically I'm not uh, being, uh, my clients are, I do have a lot of 16 and 17 year old clients, but they're already on their own and it has not been an issue because I'm getting them not from a civil standpoint, but from a criminal standpoint. Um, you know, and we're going to go over that in, in one of our next segments about what happens when you have a child who, or a person that's under 18 that's getting in trouble with the law or been accused. They may not even be in trouble. There's a lot of, uh, you know, school cops that <laughs> have got attitudes, yeah. you know, that I've, you know, had been, I've, I've been exposed to. And they're trying to do the right thing, I think. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are hiding things. Or... No, this, they they have uh, control issues. I mean, it's sort of surprising. Um, there are so many wonderful uh, police officers and public servants, and 99% of the time they're amazing. But sometimes you get that 1% that maybe just out of high school or just, you know, they're in their 20s, and right. they, they have some sort of, uh, uh, I guess, ego or personality situation mm-hmm. where they want to sort of show their muscle and have control. And so they do that by changing their name. No, 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 not changing their name. We're talking about disabilities. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sorry, sorry. Let me slap you around a little bit. They don't. I guess they could change. Maybe these are the same people that have changed their name. But but when they're in school, the 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 school cops are like anybody else. Sometimes you've got authoritarian figures that that take that power and use it wrong. They don't use it in the right way. They're not. uh, They're not doing you know as we're supposed to live like jesus did they're mm-hmm. not doing that they're not doing they're not serving others instead they're like i own you and mm-hmm. you're going to do what i say and the kids has an attitude all kids have an attitude well mm-hmm. i take that back many kids have an attitude right. like you know don't you tell me what to do mm-hmm. i sure can because i'm i'm over you and then you have a spat with an adult and it happens quite a bit it's yeah. not an, and this happens with adults yeah. when a police officer like with heather locklear we were talking right. about two shows ago right. when the police officer comes to the door and She's like, you're not going to arrest me, Bill. And then was she a, starts hitting him. Or yeah, something. it was like, well, uh, yeah, we're coming here because we have a, uh, we're looking at a call here to, to make sure that everything's okay. And and then there, a fight starts. So th- there's always going to be some, you know, people locking horns when alcohol is involved. And a lot of times there could be alcohol involved when kids, when the, so for whatever reason, sometimes you have school cops that, um, and they, they're not, they're not always as helpless as they could be. Maybe they're. They're hardened by it uh, because they've been doing it for too long and they have a lot of sassy kids or, or for whatever reason it may be. I don't know what it is. That would be me. I have a lot of sassy kids. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's you as a parent as opposed right. to you as a so, school cop. Right. School cop. <laughs> okay. Well, so in order to change a name, what needs it? You need to file a petition. Wait a minute. You're still on name changes. No, no. I'm on disabilities. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> In Carol, order to remove I, I, a disability. Becky, will, will you knock her upside the head for me, please? <laughs> okay. I don't think it would help. Let me, it's like Mojo Jojo. Here, get that little thing on top of your head. <laughs> this is disabilities. <laughs> disabilities. In order to. Carol's uh, got a disability rem- today. I do. <laughs> it, it is about disabilities. Um, in order to um, remove your disabilities as a, as a young adult, uh, 16, 17 years old, you have to file a petition with yes. the court. Mm-hmm. You have to, that the petition has to include your the child's name the address and the age mm-hmm. um the name and address of each parent or mm-hmm. managing conservator right. a guardian the reason why the removal of disabilities would be in the child's best interest so mm-hmm. we've got the same standard right. as the name change mm-hmm. see at least i'm right on that right, right. Mm-hmm. the child's best interest and a statement whether the request is for the removal is for general purposes or for a limited purpose mm-hmm. and if for a limited purpose what limited purpose so I mean, what about that, Tony? Do you know why, what would be general purposes or limited purposes? You know, um, 
as far as uh, removing a disability, and like I said, I haven't done one for a, a, a child because I haven't had that situation yet. Um, I would probably say that the general disability would be um, if there if there was a situation where they had a divorce and the mom wanted the same name as the child, so there wouldn't be uh, sort of that you know stigma in school that their mom had a different last name. And I remember I didn't change my uh, uh, my kids even after I got remarried twice until I got it right. Um, I didn't, uh, and you know, the second husband, he wanted me to change the name, but he was possessed. There was no way, I never even considered that until I got an exorcist and that didn't happen instead of <laughs> And um, so I didn't change my kids' names. I wanted to keep their names the same as their father. And mm-hmm. I kept my name the same because they didn't, I didn't want them to have that stigma when they said, no. Mrs. Jarrett, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, I, I've not finally changed my name. So I'm TLC, otherwise right. I'd be TLS. And um, I think that would probably be general. Because generally, you'd want if there's not a, a, a real there's not a specific reason, but it would just be for their good in general, so that they could just have the same the name as a parent. A specific reason may be that their name was Mojo Jojo, and um, or Zipper, <laughs> Zipper, or Skipper, uh-huh. you know, or you know, like Frank Zappa's kids were all kind of crazy names, Moon mm-hmm. Zapper or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I don't know. Uh, am I kind of getting close there? Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. Um, yeah, and so um, anyway, who has to be present? So then the court, you file the petition, and then they have a hearing. And who has to be present at the hearing is the child mm-hmm. and the child's guardian or Don't parents. they have to be served? Don't the parents have to be served with the petition? Mm-hmm. They do. They have to mm-hmm. be served, and then they also have to be present at the hearing. Okay. And the judge is the one that decides whether the request for name change is valid. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, it moves pretty fast. The name changes I've done for adults, it's a really fast setting. It's, I mean, the judge just asks you a few questions, and he's already read it beforehand, he or she, uh-huh. and um, and they, usually it's granted, and they file the paperwork, and then you can go pick up the new, um, uh, the order, a certified copy of the order, and then from that point forward, the names change. Okay, and so uh, changing a child's name, too, does not change the legal age that a child may drop out of school. I mean, we just said on the break, we looked at mm-hmm. the age you can drop out of school in Texas legally is 16 years old. But that's only with the exceptions. And we're going to go over that in our next segment. And the removal of disabilities. I think I may have said name change again, but the removal of disabilities (laughs) does not affect. And so we'll talk more about that. You're still focused on name change. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, Tony and I want to know that we're, you to know that we're here for you. Email us with your questions, questions at legalconnectionshow.com or call us at 281-529-5862. We'll be right back after the break. Do you want to know what's going on in Conroe? Tune in to Keeping Up with Conroe. Keeping Up with Conroe will highlight upcoming events and local businesses in the area. Keeping Up with Conroe will air the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. and will be hosted by the Conroe CVB staff. Keeping Up with Conroe will highlight Conroe's amazing attractions for residents and visitors. So tune in to Keeping Up with Conroe and join the staff of the Conroe CVB every month on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information about Keeping Up with Conroe and the Conroe CVB, go to visitconroe.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. 
start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are two Montgomery County attorneys. We're licensed in the state of Texas, and we're here for you. We we wanna reach out to you in our community. Today, we're talking about juvenile law. And if you are having an issue, uh, have questions about juvenile law, or you know someone who does, then reach out to us at, send us your questions and we can help you. And maybe we could represent you if you needed some help, legal help in the court. But uh, email us at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. So um, here, Tony's going to take it away. We're talking now about children and their property. Um, so, Tony, tell us about children and their property. And this is very uh, uh, similar to uh, minors having disabilities. Um, it kind of segues really well into this. And our, 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 viewer, our viewer, viewer and listener questions uh, relate to this. And so... Um, the ownership of property is one of the areas where the rights of children differ most significantly from the rights of adults. A child can't own property in his own name. Yeah. So a child can't have a car. It's like we were talking about mm-hmm. in the last section. Yeah. An adult must hold it in trust for him or her and use it in specific ways for the child's benefit. A child doesn't even own the wages he earns. So 16-year-olds have summer jobs. That's really not the child's money. Yeah. But parents don't get any ideas. You cannot break into that piggy bank. Well, yeah, don't tell my kids okay. that. Boy, they'd have a fit. <laughs> His parents have the right to that money. As my dad always told me, that's my money. And I'd be like, yes, sir. And then I'd go hide it. Huh? And uh, <laughs> he, he never took my money. <laughs> but he made it clear that he was the one that had authority in the household, which is really appropriate. I mean, he would mm-hmm. have a roof over my head. And I, you know, I did honor my parents very much so. Um, legislatures apparently recognize that children lack the judgment to manage and preserve their property. I think that's probably true at about 50% of the time. But I was very um, responsible as a child. So I think more so than my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I, th- I think that's sort of a misnomer. Um, that that chil- children are irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, children are irresponsible. I think if they're responsible enough to go earn the money, they're responsible enough to be able to take care of it. Yeah. And I watched the Brady Bunch. Yes. I know Cindy and Marsha mm-hmm. and uh, Jan mm-hmm. all could take care of their own money. Of course, they I never sure looked could. at what the guys were doing. Yes. Um, so, uh, they also, they also lack the maturity to meet the responsibilities, which property ownership imposes, which maybe I kind of doubt that kind of goes the same thing. So for their own benefit, that responsibility has been delegated to, um, uh, their parents or their guardians and lawmakers also may have thought that the money earned by the child or received is, uh, the child's property. So anyway, they went about it. The lawmakers went about trying to make it so the child had a lot more, uh, control over their own property. Um, all of that matters that when we're talking about all of that matters when we're talking about inheritance. And that's a huge deal. It sure is. Because people like uh, Howard Hughes, his parents died when he was 19, so he didn't have that disability. But what if his, and he inherited a lot of money. Was Herod, Howard Hughes responsible enough to take care of those millions? Well, uh, he had a lot of money, and mm-hmm. apparently he was a genius, and so right. he knew what to do with all of that money. Mm-hmm. But 
but he did some crazy stuff with his dad's millions. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a genius and he knew to parlay it into other stuff. But if his, his dad was probably rolling over in his grave if he found out that his son had gone out and bought a movie studio. No, no kidding. And, and made a bra for Jane Russell, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and this is another interesting, like, kind of uh, sidebar about children and their property, even though Howard Hughes was 19. I guess in other states it might be 21 and below. It's 18 and below here in Texas. Mm-hmm. But um, Howard Hughes, his house, when he was a child— it was actually located where the um, where the Rockets play. Really? Yeah, that their actual home was um, located on that lot of land he grew up. So if he went to go visit Howard Hughes' home, he, they moved later to a, a, a house that's now a part of St. Thomas University. So you can visit the Howard, it's called Hughes Hall or something like that. But wow. as a child, uh, what is it, what is it, where do the Rockets play? I forgot. It's the name of the center, come on. Toyota Center. Thank you. Right. <laughs> you were talking about. And I should know that because I was watching, I always go there and I watch the concerts and all that junk. But yeah, Toyota Center uh, w- could have been the Hughes, um, you know, historical marker because that's where he grew up. Um, no, I so anyway, that. he inherited a ton of money. Had he been a little bit younger, he would have fallen into this category. So um, uh, that being said, inheritance, trust funds, social security benefits are uh, other items that spell relatively big big chunks of money that belong to kids that somebody else has control over. Uh, that said, never share the awful truth with Mary Lou that her doll really isn't hers or with Billy, Billy Bob, that you are the true and rightful owner of his bike as his parent because that could make you be even more discord. You're talking about, you know, um, them calling CPS. Like I was listening to this rap song it's, and the rap song basically said they could control their parents by making fraudulent uh, false reports to CPS. And oh, kids do that. They wow. do little bad seeds, Lolitas. Ooh, and I've dealt with them before too. So it, from a legal standpoint, not my own kids. Uh, yeah, they would. They, they wouldn't survived that. <laughs> being their parent, right? Been like, you're gonna disappear, child. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, one of our listener questions is: Can a child ever legally manage his own property? Mm-hmm. I think we discussed that a little bit before. Not unless his disabilities of minority have been removed by a judge, or he's married. So you can marry out of it. Um, one of the duties of a parent under the Texas Family Code is to manage the estate of the child until he's 18. So long as the parents are are married, they have equal rights to manage the child's estate. Okay, and then so other, long as they're married, yeah. But um, or if the child gets married, so marriage oh, okay. changes the whole it sure thing. Does. Okay, right. and you can get married. I know this in Texas with the um, written consent of a parent, mm-hmm. one of the parents, mm-hmm. which is crazy town to me. At because 16. yeah, but, because but it's parents not in mean, any age. It's, yeah, uh, uh, at sixteen, I believe um, you you, uh, you can go to a judge and get a judge's consent. But mm-hmm. as young as fourteen, right. with a parent's consent, mm-hmm. you get married off like to Jerry, Lee, like that one girl, that crazy sodden girl that got married really young. I think she was in Tennessee or California. She married that real old guy in the mm-hmm. reality show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, parents, do not be marrying your kids off just because you don't want to take care of them. It doesn't work like right. that. We are not living in the Middle East. Okay. <laughs> That's right. um, can a child legally execute a contract if his disabilities of a minority have been renewed by a judge or he has ever married? Yes. Otherwise, no. May another person legally bind a child to a contract? Yes. But this is a touchy area. The pe- person must have been given authority by a court or to act in the capacity of a child. So that there's, you can get around it, but you've got to have the authority. What happens to a child's property when his parents are divorced? Big deal here in Texas. The judge will decide which parent will manage will, will manage the child's property. 
we are talking about substantial property, not clothes and toys. Right. Like, right. you know, try to argue over. Not personal Such property, property is usually described in any lawsuit as, as the property affecting the child. Does the child have the right to manage the money he earns? No. Only his parents have a right unless there is the what we just discussed, whether we've got some disability removal. Is child support paid to a managing conservator on behalf of a child? His property, uh, the property of a child, or the managing conservator? The managing conservator has the right to use such money as he believes best. However, the money is supposed to be used for the benefit of the child. Are Social Security benefits payable to a child, uh, payable to a child, his property, the property of his parents, or the managing conservator? They are the child's property, but the custodial parent or the managing conservator has the right to use the funds that that person sees fit for the child's benefit. Okay. This is huge. That's why parents want to be. Yeah, and have a lot. Okay. We're going to go to break right now, but we want you to know that you can listen to us live every Tuesday from 12 to 1, or you can download the podcast. uh, Go to IRLoneStar.com. We'll be right back after the break. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, Montgomery County, it's me, C.C. Holmes. And I would personally like to take this time to invite you, that's right, you, to join me every Saturday and Sunday from 3 until 7 p.m. where I will bring you the very best, the very best of smooth jazz, classic jazz, and indeed, yes, the soulful sounds of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So come along and get jazzy with me, that's right, jazzy, (laughs) right here, of course, on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. Welcome back to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl and our special guest today, Becky. She's, She's visiting from out of town and we're so glad she's here with us. We're talking about juvenile law. And we've been talking about name changes. We've been talking about removing the disabilities of a minor. And uh, now we're going to talk about uh, truancy, uh, children and the law. Is that right, Tony? Yes. Okay. So, uh, but we also want you to know that you can tune in on Conroe's FM 104.5 or 106.1 every Tuesday. And uh, we just kind of feel like this is like a coffee house discussion, <laughs> sitting around the table with our friends. And, and uh, you know, we, we feel like that both Tony and I feel like that you serve God by helping each other. And so that's what we want to do. Now, did you go to coffee houses when you were a kid? You said coffee house, and I haven't heard that term in so long. Well, you know, Starbucks and all that stuff. But Starbucks is like a true coffee house. I remember when I was a teenager, 
um, it was sort of right after that hippie era. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of my friends went to coffee houses. And I was thinking, because I drank a lot of coffee houses from Louisiana, that we were going to have coffee. No, they were like um, uh, revivals, like little teenage mini revivals. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first it kind of scared me a little bit. and But then it became just sort of they, they had discussions about the Bible and stuff like that. And um, I remember, I think, um, I may have discussed this with you, you know, on a break or whenever it was. I can't remember. But the song that keeps coming to my head was by Second Chapter of Acts. He has risen, and it just keeps going through my head over and over. And it was a coffeehouse song. Was and, it really? Yeah, and it I was called the that. Easter song. Yeah. And, um, Here the oh, I know, Tony. I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> it was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard that song that on Facebook, so long. And I've sung it in my head ever since. Ever since. <laughs> Here the bells <laughs> ringing, they're ringing. Yeah, I, I love it. From the dead. dead. Yeah, and boom, I, boom, boom. It's like, is that one of those things, like when you're a kid, you hear these, do you these things? I do. Yes, I do. and yeah. I just love the song. And then I was like, oh, I love that song. And those kids were our age, too. And this is an interesting little sub-fact about that group, a second chapter of Acts. Their parents died when they were young, very, were very young. Were they siblings? They were all siblings, oh. second chapter of Acts. Oh, I the oldest that. daughter had gotten married, so she had her disability removed. Mm-hmm. The two younger ones did not have their disabilities removed, even though they were from uh, Washington State, I think. I can't remember exactly which state it was, but it wasn't Texas. And um, But they all sang around the—that uh, was what they did. They harmonized, and they um, wrote that song, and they— the two younger siblings, um, uh, they'd written a song, and they put the, it was actually a Bible verse they put to music somewhat. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were singing uh, to make money uh, with the older daughter and her husband um, in different, like, restaurants and coffee houses. Mm-hmm. And they were discovered by, like, Pat Boone or somebody mm-hmm. like that. And whoever, then they, Whoever did the Myrrh label back then. That was right. Brown Bannister. And, and then that was, like, one of their first songs, that, mm-hmm. and it was, like, their most popular one. Mm-hmm. And they harmonized. And... It was uh, the the tragedy was that their parents the mother died of a brain um, ham- tumor brain hemorrhage oh, wow. the dad had cancer two years later that. and they had all these kids and they were orphans wow. and the sister had well, kind of taken they, them. it was just three kids right no there was nine you're kidding <laughs> yeah. and they were like the youngest ones oh and they harmonized and so that was really kind of tragic and there I just remember thinking wow I, I have never heard that story uh, but yeah. they kind of put their faith in God which you have to in situations like that well they didn't kind of they really put they their had faith to in they God. didn't have anybody right. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any parents. Wow. And that kind of goes to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Children that don't, what do you do with children in the law? Mm-hmm. What do you do in that type of situation? Right. But we're not going to talk about good kids that were singing at coffee houses mm-hmm. about, you know, God arising from the dead and writing a very popular Easter song. Right. We're going to talk about um, uh, what is more sort of, a, a, as a parent, you don't expect your child to ever get in trouble because they're going to go by your example. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times as a parent, you're working. I remember I was a working parent. I feel mm-hmm. so bad that. My parents didn't get all of my time. We just couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work. And so my kids were like, uh, what do you call latchkey kids? Uh, they had to come home after school by themselves. Is that what they call it, latchkey? Oh, I yeah. can't remember. But it's, they, it's key. Something yeah. key. Uh-huh. But anyway. Is it latchkey? Yeah. yeah. So um, I felt I felt like they got the raw end of the stick because a lot of my other friends that were Woodland's moms, you know, the kids that people I grew up with. And um, and so I kid didn't get, they didn't get the supervision. And I had to trust that they would come home from school and that they would do the right thing, and they would do their homework, and they weren't running around. And, you know, when they were in teenagers, you know, teenagers are like little mini adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, like we I were talking about last week when mm-hmm. we had Juvenile Part 1, mm-hmm. um, you you have to hopefully raise them, and they take your example and go with it. And you you're trust that they're going to do that, but kids are, their brains aren't completely formed yet, and mm-hmm. they take chances, and they're mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it, it's kind of fun, like, you know, taking off, and you watch movies, and they, 
do crazy things and like Jumanji or whatever. I mean, all, mm-hmm. whatever the movies are with kids that do crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, for, I, I don't know why I keep thinking of Lolita. That may have been more me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the bad seed comes to mind. That's a little bit younger. But the bad seed would be a good example but of it. But that's what we're talking about with yeah. the juvenile the, law. And... The child is telling you to their face and they're being like your little Pollyanna and everything's great. And really, behind the scenes, they're murdering people, mm-hmm. you know, for profit because the seven deadly sins will hit you at any age and they do for kids too. Okay, that being said, um, one of our listener viewer questions is, what can happen to a child who commits a crime? Well, um, I've represented many, many children in juvenile court uh, in Montgomery County as well as in Harris County. And, uh, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, sort of by the time I get to them, they're timid and they're scared and they're, they're in basically in juvie, they're in juvenile detention. Those are more harsh. That's the more harsh reality of a crime. Most of the time, the kids do not end up in juvenile detention because you can't get a, a bond for a child because they're not considered criminals. They're considered juvenile delinquents that ever gets that far. It, they're not even considered to having committed a crime. They just it's considered bad behavior. Um, it's considered conduct in need of supervision. Mm-hmm. And when a child is shoplifting at the mall and they don't have a, a juvenile record, more than likely a parent is called. And if there's a parent to release them to, and the the officer or the mall cop or whoever is there mm-hmm. uh, feels like that there is uh, appropriate supervision, then they release them to the parent. And they usually will have a court date set. There's a ticket. It's like a, a class C, but there may be more to it. And they're released, they have to go back to court. It's either going to be the JP court, like over here at Woodlands Mall, and that would be a lot of our listeners may be able to relate to this. If your child is shoplifting at, at um, the uh, Charming Charlie's or whatever it may be at the, the mall, and a lot of kids do it. American Outfitters. Yeah, American Outfitters, yes. It happens a lot. I'm talking about rich kids that just are. Yeah, for fun. Yeah, they like, oh, who was that, that actress? Underwear. Uh, the one that was in Edward Scissorhands. Oh, uh, Renona, Renona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Uh, right? Oh my God, I cannot talk anymore. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. But didn't Lindsay Lohan do the same thing? Yes, Wasn't yes. there like a shoplifter? These girls that thing? don't need to shoplift, yeah, they just do it. Fun. And they're, they're taking expensive stuff and stuffing in their bags and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, a, well, oh, let me just tell you. I have a lot of kids that do it at Walmart and at uh, JCPenney for some of whatever reason. Uh, word to the wise, hello, broadcast this out to everybody. They've got cameras and they arrest everybody. Yeah everybody i have more walmart cases for petty theft than you can ever imagine really and they don't let up walmart will say oh we won't prosecute but this, then the state says we don't care what walmart says we're prosecuting and you have got a lot of money you're paying attorney to get your kid out of that if you don't qualify for a court appointed attorney right and so it's really really bad but they will release your kid to um release your kid to a parent but if there's no parent to release them to because they can't get a hold of them then the kid will be taken to to the the station They'll be taken to juvenile detention. They do not put a child under 17 with the general population. They will put them in a, the juvenile detention center. Um, and this is where it changes a little bit with juvenile law and, and capacity. It's a little bit weird. Um, if you're 18 and under, you're considered a child and you don't have any rights. However, if you're 17 or over, you're considered an adult in the eyes of the law as far as a crime is concerned. Really? So it's a little different. You will get put in general population if you are 17 or older you are you can be arrested your parents don't have to be there you have different rights between the ages of 17 and 18 Hmm. so uh, i know that because i've represented a lot of 17 year olds and if it's a significant crime it's it you can be certified almost immediately by a judge like one of the the magistrate judges and there has to be 
When you say certified, what do you mean certified? You mean certified as adult. adult, You're going to be thrown into adult population. Now, uh, the age 10 and under, you're never going to be certified as an adult in Texas. And uh, if 12 and over, because you now have more of the age of reason, that that kind of kicks into uh, family law as well, where a child at 12 and over used to be able to determine or make not determine, but say which parent they wanted to live with to have the primary residence. Right. They they can't do that anymore. But they they I think the state of Texas and a lot of the a lot of the legislative the statutes um, have determined that twelve and over a child has reason, and I think that's probably a good age. Mm-hmm. But they've removed it for determining um, parental, uh, you know, what, what where you're going to live. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's because there's a lot of bribery, mm-hmm. a lot of bad stuff goes on in divorce. So, mm-hmm. an, another word to wise: please pick your spouse wisely. Don't be a, a, a you know a 15 and pregnant type of situation because we're going to go over that a little bit too. We may have juvenile law part three, but um, but but divorce is really really a bad situation. Okay, so. Uh, if a child is under the age of 17, the offense isn't called a crime in Texas. It's called delinquent conduct. Less serious offenses are referred to as conduct in need of supervision. Lawmakers try to spare children the signal of being labeled criminals. What happens to a child who breaks the law depends on two things, the age of the child and what he or she did. If a child is 10 through 16, she may have to appear in a juvenile court or answer charges filed against her by the state of Texas. If the offense is a minor one, she may go instead to a municipal court. Um, and and we just went over that it could be you're almost always released to your parent if you don't go to juvenile court because there's no such thing as a bond. You don't get a bond if you're a child in Texas. Right. Um, if a child is 17, but the offense is charged, uh, the, uh, the charge occurred before the 17th birthday, she will still appear in juvenile court rather than stand trial as a criminal court. If the child is nine or younger, she can't be charged, he or she, with an offense in juvenile court. However, her behavior must indicate that the abuse or neglect is present, and law enforcement and CPS can investigate to see if that's the case. So um, there are, uh, I think, I don't know if we have time for another one of our our listener questions. How much time do we have uh, on this segment? One more minute? Okay, so one more minute. I'm going to answer Wrap it up? We need to wrap it up. Okay, then we'll have to get, there are so many other questions that we need here to answer here. And, um... Yes, well, send us your questions, questions at LegalConnectionShow.com, and you can download our podcast tomorrow. Uh, just go to IRLoneStar.com and check us out on Google Play or iTunes. So we're here today talking about juvenile law. We'll be here next week, Tuesday, 12 to 1. And uh, thank you for being our guest, Becky. Thank you. It's good to see you, and we'll be back next week. And remember, serve God by serving your neighbor, and that's what we do at this show. That's right. Y'all have a great week. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course, their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? 
Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.